0: In life, and find strange things to talk about and observe. Given the time of year, what's going on, summertime coming up, a lot of mm-hmm. people are, are starting to get involved in travel, right? It's kind of the travel time of year. It brings up a lot of things for me. The whole experience of uh, of traveling, I find, the, um, the, the, the degree of strange habits, attitudes, quirks that people have around sort of various aspects of travel are unendingly intriguing to me. For example, <laughs> <laughs> let me just start by saying, one of the first things you do when you travel is, you know, you got to put some stuff together in a bag and, you know, from a from my perspective, it's a pretty straightforward process. But for a lot of people, it seems to take on a whole nother level of uh, uh, of meaning. You know, um. some people even go as far as thinking about and starting to pack weeks, weeks, and weeks ahead. And not only that, but <laughs> they, they they can't even. It's it's not even just that they have to pack weeks ahead. There are some people that I can think of specific ones in mind that can't even plan anything while during that period of time there's sort of this, they go into a certain zone, there's a trip coming up, and the trip could be like pretty far out, but it it just completely takes over their their mind and their thought process, they can't get around it The, the only thing they can do is plan and and prepare and organize. Figure out they're getting the suitcases out of the storage. They bring that up. They got to plan that two days ahead. They, you bring up the suitcases, you get them laid out, get the things, the clothing. This, you know, it's the whole thing. You know, I've I've, I've literally had a conversation with someone. It's like, hey, you want you know you want to go to the movies? They go, no, sorry, I'm packing for a trip. Oh, I want a trip next fall. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, I guess you're not going to go to the movies for the next four months. That's, that's a little odd, but okay. I guess you got things to do. I'm like, what, what do you do? Well, I got to go to the store. I come back. I got to, I got to make sure I got the supplies. I got to get the things. I got clothing. Get the shoe repaired. I got, you know. And it's like, well, how 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 long are you going away for? Ah, oh, just an overnight. <laughs> one or two days. Now, some people though go the other way around, and I think, and really, this does fall into male female. Uh, I think. Some people are absolutely last minute, and you kind of. Most people are like one extreme or the other. Either you're doing this stuff way in advance, and you're like completely packed, organized. Every sock is rolled just the right way. Every pair of, piece of underwear is <laughs> folded down and pressed. You're like, what are you? What are you doing, ironing that underwear? Oh, I gets in the suitcase a lot tighter. I got each piece in there. You know, two, you got two millimeters for <laughs> under. You know, they got the whole thing all packed in. Other people, like me, are are, are literally like you know. Uh, on the way out the door they grabbed the a piece of underwear, they're stuffing it into a bag right after doing the pulling it out of the laundry basket and doing the sniff test.
1: <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I think this one will work.
1: <laughs>
0: no one will notice.
1: That's usually oh.
0: me. The only problem that that happens is uh uh you know, it'll be a couple of days into my trip into the trip and, and my wife will be like, Oh, you're wearing that again? Uh, exactly. Yeah, only, mm, well, yeah, it's the only one I brought, duh. You know? Of course, my bag was half empty. I could have easily packed in, you know, five more of those same things. But it's like, you know, why carry it if I could just ring it out and wring it out over the sink over there, <laughs> over the Holiday Inn? <laughs> and by the way, I think this whole thing is something we learn. It's passed down through generations, um, mm. which is why it kind, of, it kind of, I think, persists and, continue. you know, some of the things people do today are tied to so-called old traditions or whatever it is of, of travel. But, like, I know with my father. Right. He, I don't care what trip we took. He had this bag. It was like a briefcase. It was honestly, it looked like the kind of bag you might expect it. a a a, uh, uh, a doctor that goes on house calls. You know, what those like black briefcase. <laughs> like, oh, really? Wow. I don't know, valise. Is a, is a valise the right word? They don't use the word valise anymore. <laughs> like if you if you're going on a trip and you're taking your valise, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna be doing anything fun. You can't. You wouldn't you you don't see you don't hear guys going on like an epic mountain biking trip? Oh, uh, did you bring your valise, uh, Tony?
1: <laughs> I, don't oh. I, don't
0: I don't think it is. I think you got to bring like a duffel bag. You got to throw that thing in your backpack. If you're bringing like you know a valise, that's another problem. But so my dad would have this thing, and I, I don't care if we're going on a. Four city, three country, two week trip. He got the same like little bag. I'm like every single thing in it. I don't think he ever brought a different pair of shoes. <laughs> it's like one pair of shoes for the whole trip. And somehow, despite that, he always went he it. pressed, it looked clean, he looked looked organized, and like I don't you know, there's some magic there that I that, that was not passed down to me. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But then, you know, you get the other side of the coin, which is the the the, the strategy, the idea of what women do for packing and for traveling. I mean, I noticed like, you know, I'll see the the women will like literally lay out everything they have Mm. literally like almost everything they have. They would take two, three pieces that they think they don't need, put those away and pack the rest. (laughs) (laughs) And they pack it into two or three gigantic bags that I mean, just shoot. You, you, you have to like load it in sideways in the, in the cars. I mean, the thing is like, Massive, and this thing's way more than like any typical human could pick up without getting a hernia. I mean, I, I really—I feel bad for the taxi guys. You know, they, they have to pick it up, pretend not to grunt. You see the guy? I've seen—I've I've literally seen taxi guys like limping back around the front of the car and getting in. And just, oh, you know, you, you hear some sort of curse in Arabic, <laughs> whatever, whatever it means. I mean, and I don't know. I think this is one of the reasons why we're not seeing as much curbside baggage drop at the airport because, uh, you know, I, I literally was reading that the, the porters are suing for unsafe work conditions. They think they need hazardous pay. You know, oh, wow. You see, they see the right kind of SUV coming up with this big load coming out the back, and, and, and that was just the woman. <laughs> then the suitcase comes out. <laughs> you know, By the way, when, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, we use the word release. We use, we're talking about the terms for things you carry around, and this one term is, uh, luggage, right? Baggage. Luggage. Right, baggage. Luggage is better than baggage. Luggage is a little bit better than baggage because you lug it along. I don't know who used the word luggage, but baggage is pretty good, but sometimes that could be applied to other things, like a person's got you know, oh, they've right. some baggage. You know, they're carrying around something from their back, their history. But I think they should come up with a new word for the way many women pack, and instead of calling it luggage, they should call it Tonnage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tonnage.
0: <laughs> I need to go. There. I, bring, I gotta bring my tonnage. How much tonnage are you bringing? No, I'm just bringing that that Briggs and Riley tonnage. They got the new. Uh, that I think that would be more more applicable, uh, you know, for many things. But but then the other thing is look, once once you get all of this stuff packed, you go through all of that uh-huh. Uh-huh. pre pre trip planning and prep and packing and all this stuff. And then you got this whole thing about getting to the airport, and it's the same. it's you know the, this whole same sort of shenanigans comes into play. Like I think the older you are. The more in advance you need to leave for the airport, <laughs> you typically. I, I would use that. I think there's a there's a direct correlation between age and number of hours before your flight you need to leave for <laughs> the airport. Because even my mother, right? She's, she's an older older lady. She this, – this part of this recording theme is stuff you get from your parents or you observe from your parents. <laughs> my mother, I'll call her up, you know, one time and she's going to the trip and said, oh – have a great trip. You know what time are you leaving? She goes, Oh, the uh, the car is coming to pick me up at nine a.m. I go, like, Oh, that's great. It's relatively leisurely. You're not getting out too too early. Very cool. What time's your flight leaving? Oh, I think it takes off at four p.m. <laughs> the airport's about a half half an hour away. These guys are like heading over to the airport with oh, some yeah. plan. Like they're going to spend the entire day. No wonder they've turned airport into shopping malls and entertainment centers. I mean, you you you're in a prison like lockdown, otherwise known as the airport. To me, at least, it feels that way. You go in there. Once you're through security, there's pretty much no way out of this thing. That's <laughs> the, true. The, only, that the true. only way out, the only way out, is through your flight. You got you got a plan to get out of there. Which which I, which I miss sort of the old good old days of casual airports. You roam around. You go look at the observation deck. You stroll out to your flight. Go up that whoa, You know that uh, mobile set of stairs that goes off the tarmac. You know that, those days are long gone. Now you're in this lockdown facility. You're buying the Two, three X overpriced stuff there, you know, bottle of water, seven ninety five, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it all culminates with sort of this, uh, uh, these strange behaviors. But by the way, the other side of that coin is so the, the, the older you are, the longer it takes. But when you're, um, there are some people, and I guess when you're younger, you can do it the other side of the coin, which is, leaving your house 20 minutes before the flight's supposed to take off, and then you're one of those guys that's, like, sweating and running through the airport and, like, bumping into people, cutting through the line, trying to get through security. Everyone's pissed off. That's true. That's, that, that's not that's not exactly a fun uh, fun way to go either. You know, it used um, to be a
2: younger person running down the, you know, running down the terminal panicking and frantic, you
0: know? I know. It's, it's typically a younger group. Like, you'll see a group of teens, young 20s or something like that, and they're just kind of literally doing a sprint through the airport. But but I'll tell you one other thing that this whole uh circus reminds me of is a really good analogy it's almost like what happens with baseball players when they go up to bat and in general it's just kind of a there is a hilarious routine that you'll see like a baseball player goes through, a certain music playing he's got a certain uh-huh. kick. he's like twisting his head his shoulders going to the side he's grabbing his balls he's pulling his pants to the left he's <laughs> spitting spitting this way got some sort of superstitions going on, he's like crossing himself, you know, he's he's doing a prayer, (laughs) all that stuff is going on and that's a lot like these people getting ready to go to the airport, it's like a husband and wife, there's a lot of spitting a lot of paranoia, there's very body scratching, hand signals the wife says to her husband that this signal this thing I pull on my lapel, put on this music, that means you better be getting that suitcase so you can bring it down to the front door now
1: (laughs) you
2: know what it must have been like you know back uh, at 4,000 years ago when some tribe decided, you know what honey, we're going to cross over to that other archipelago, and you know, imagine the ceremonies going on before that. I mean, it, it, there's a there's a there's a natural, I think, set of uh, practices before you go on a plane up into the air. You know, it's like you should do some superstition and some some you know special yeah, chanting and you know religious hugging. You know, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> people don't go to church before they don't, they head over the air. I, I, there should be like a a two for you know hit the church <laughs> then go to the fucking airport.
0: You know, the airport, the airport should have some more religious like facilities, uh, <laughs> meditation and they should have like some, you know, meditation and Buddhist uh, chanting zones, drum circles down by the gate.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, minutes to, to before the flight. You can imagine, imagine you see the group of people who can sit down, pull out the drums, doing a little bit of drum, ritual drumming, <laughs> you know, um, next up, yeah. we'll, you know, bye, we'll, bye, uh, bye. For a priority, bye. priority boarding for the ritual drum uh, uh, team over yeah. here. By the way, the one other, another funny, really funny thing on this whole thing, even before all this happens, you know, this entire mm. show goes on almost, you've got this decision of what, uh, I don't know what word to use now, luggage, what, what piece of packing paraphernalia you're going to own and bring with you on your trips. And by the way, most people keep their luggage way too long. I know, again, my... Some of the things I see in the airport were were made in the 1960s. (laughs) The 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 last time that uh, that luggage that kind of luggage was uh, sold in a store was shortly before Apollo 13. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And and those things are still out there. They got you know people people keep luggage way too long. But the kind of luggage you have and and what you know what you choose to carry with you, it's almost like a a statement about who you are. People judge you. You know, oh, this guy what are you doing? You you know, like people come out, they have something still doesn't have wheels on it. They've got this thing. It's weighing down their shoulders. And some guys like a martyr, he's like, yeah, I'm going to carry this thing around. Yeah. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> like, yeah. They invented wheels about 12 years ago and everyone's rolling their luggage. Now I'm nuts.
1: <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? like, you know? Think about that. You show up at a, at an airport somewhere and a oh, friend or a colleague, a colleague, then a colleague is meeting you. They they have to pick it up and put it in the car. Like the whole thing says something. Is it old? Is it newer? Is it clean? Is it stuffed with 500 things? It weighs two tons. What is the, it, all of those things kind of make a statement about who you are. So I think there's a whole thing about buying and using luggage that people don't even think of. Cause you know, most people actually, it's it's funny that it seems so individual, but then at the end of the day, you look on the luggage cart, uh, luggage uh, uh, machine, whatever, everyone's just got a black bag. <laughs> what does that say? Like, it's, we, we're really not such individuals as we thought we were.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, go all that, you go
0: all that time choosing a luggage. You go into the store, they're like, well, which color black do you want? <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did everybody get black? Another question. I know. Well, that's just trying to mask the level of dirt and filth that exists throughout the airport. Oh, I think that's the point. You go, you go in this plane. You had a white piece of luggage. Some of that luggage was white before the flight. It just, right. It's just black when it comes off. <laughs> you know, it was all sorts of tan, white, red, blue, green, all kinds of colors. After a couple of flights, it all becomes the same kind of grayish black dirt. You know, sort of thing. But uh, a little oil. Yeah, they got oil on it from this thing. They don't want to let you know there's a leaking oil. But look, just at, you know, at the end of this whole process. This, it's it's for some people that starts weeks ahead when they're planning, they're laying things up, getting to the airport, getting through the airport, doing all of that stuff. It all kind of comes to a finale. You know, you finally board the plane, you go through all of that stress. You finally, you know, you get that moment where you're tucked into your seat, nestled in between two ton, half ton roommates. You know, you're buckled in there. (laughs) Maybe you don't even need to buckle in because of the quote, side airbag sitting next to you. (laughs) No matter how much turbulence you. You guys, no matter how much turbulence you had, you probably won't be able to move anyway. So uh, you're pretty safe. Um, but at that moment, you finally take that deep breath, calm down, relax. Uh, at least you relax long enough until you realize what you left home that key item that you were supposed to bring with you, you know, Right. The, cru- the crucial documents and the things that you needed, like your uh, what's that, your asthma sprayers, like whatever you realize that you left on the dresser at home, like. But the moment before you remember that and after you sit down, you're snuggled in with your new roommates, that's the moment you finally you know, finally take a deep breath and go like Ah now I can't you know, now I now I just have to wait for my uh great selection of mini snacks and bacteria infused plain water. But other than that, you know <laughs> I mean, that's a great, it's a great moment, you know. Yeah, it's a new type of infused infused you've heard of infused water, infused water with nice flavors and things like that. there's millions of bacteria types and uh viral infections and whatever, you know, that, that happened there. But, but, you know, we can leave that. There's a whole nother, we have various opportunities to talk about travel from numerous angles. Right. Uh, right. I just think given, given, given the season, uh, and the fact that I went to buy some luggage with uh, Judas the, just last week, uh, right. I it was a timely topic.
2: Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, nothing, nothing like it. I mean, uh, unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I'm, so, I'm just I thinking mean,
2: about I, all the pieces of luggage that, uh, where, where, where where does all the old luggage go to die? I mean, do people just eventually just get rid of stuff? Because you're right, people hold on to stuff for like 20 years, you know.
0: Well, you know what? Now you've reminded me. There's this whole other—I'll call it industry. I'll use that lightly. Whenever like a serial killer or some kind of murderer chops somebody up, where do where does that body end up? It ends up in some luggage. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know. Maybe that's where these go. There's a there's a supply shop. You know, if you're planning on doing any murdering or. uh you know, serial killing or whatever, whatever you're into, cannibalism, whatever it is, you have to uh, you have to chop up the parts and put them in at least uh, along, one uh, along uh,
2: with the spy equipment. You know, there's a special section for unique luggage. You know, up to six foot two, you
1: know. <laughs> right, exactly. under long under 100 pounds,
0: over 200
2: folded. You know, this way.
0: Fold to learn how to fold the legs back in the right way <laughs> and cut them in the right place. But but no, the um but to your point, there must be some like epic desert burial ground, you know, where they have like the airplanes go to die at some weird place in like in like Utah or Nevada or something. It must be this like mountain sized place with old luggage. Or or what about just all of the luggage that's lost and never found? Like if you don't ever claim it, your stuff goes from you know you you're heading to Italy, oh, but your luggage right. your luggage went to uh, you know Iceland instead of Italy. They got that they got the right. sea instead of the sea or something, and then you <laughs> never find it or whatever it is. So like what ha- like there's all of that. That's a really good yes. question. That's a really good one. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any travel plans? uh you might need to get ready to start packing now.
2: Yeah. I, I've I've got I've got issues with locks and security. I um getting the right lock on the luggage so that the you know the T S A can open it up. But uh, you, there's a the whole you, thing there, you yeah. know?
0: You, you know, know what's funny? I never even really use that. You're right. Luggage comes with locks.
2: No, we used to take, take it seriously that? a long time ago. Now people don't take that we seriously. Do.
0: I don't, you realize that. That's one of those like flaws in the entire system. You've got all, you go to great lengths to protect your stuff, and, you know, make sure your valuables are uh, under your control at all times. And then you just get this, you know, unzip it, check out what I got, but, you know, it's all in there. And then something, by the way, sometimes the temptation is too great and they see these people working in the back of the airport just rifling through. <laughs> like They're going through that, checking out people's clothing, underwear, shaving gear, whatever other good what? they pack in there. Yeah, they do. They find that once in a while. Like and then some people have the the uh, I I, they, I don't know what it is. They just think that it's okay to put like cash, valuables, different things into like it's safer if you check it. Check the bag, go through the back underneath right. the bag, That's the safe way to send your stuff. You know. Right, right. Yeah. Um, that's the, <laughs> the,
2: the the two the, the two uh bricks of kilos of uh, you know, cocaine that's
0: that's safe Yeah. I by the way, I this whole you know, there, there's like a, uh, a sort of a faith thing that goes on. Once you stick your luggage onto that like moving cart, it's almost like a comforting feeling. You just, it's its one of those like, don't know, don't ask, don't tell me. I don't want to know what happened. Uh, just give me my bag. I'll get my bag back wherever I'm landing on the other end. And it's almost as if like nothing, ha- there's magic in between. You just don't know. How does it get anywhere? Who handles it? What's happening during that time? No one's touching it. No one's going under it. No one's slamming it. No one's. You know, uh, uh, defiling my back and you just feel good about it. But meanwhile, if you really knew what was happening from you know, point A to B, uh, <laughs> there might be a whole different feeling about that. <laughs> and, and,
2: and, and, <laughs>
0: yeah. Go ahead.
2: There's a the whole thing about you know, I mean, when it comes out of the uh, conveyor belt and shows up, you, you, you know, you kind of wonder, like, you know, you know,
0: like what's going on down there. You
2: never know what's going on below,
0: you know. Oh, I know. And and I also I also kind of wonder, like, it comes off the plane at some gate and somehow ends up, like, when you go to the actual uh, baggage claim area, it's, like, nowhere near where you got off the plane. In fact, sometimes you have to walk for about 25 minutes, <laughs> twisting and turning them all throughout. It is, to me, I envision, like... This massive conveyor belt system, you know, stuff whipping around like like a very Jetsons-like, you know, the bags are scooting this way, that way, sorting themselves automatically, getting around. And it's probably nothing like that at all. It's like two guys in a cart, <laughs> you know, dragging them dragging them down some hallway, putting them on a the thing. I don't know. It's, it's It's a very mysterious process.
2: Do you ever see people who are taking luggage basically when you're taking off and they're kind of loading it up the ramp? You know, and you're seeing two guys swinging the luggage up there. You wonder how many people are inside the actual part of the plane back there. I mean, there might be a whole like 12, 15 people there having a lunch break. Who knows, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, normally what happens to me is when you, you know, when you like look, look out the window, you're, you're seated in the plane, fine. You get that moment where, you know, you're settled down there, whatever. You're just kind of glancing <laughs> out to say, oh, like, what, what are we looking at? And then you see the guys loading the luggage. Or I see things like, uh one of those luggage things will turn a corner too fast, and like two three pieces will fly out the side you know and, and then they're just sitting there on the tarmac, and you're looking and you're gonna glad it wasn't one you recognize, and it's sitting there for a while, and I'm thinking, hmm. You kind of watch what happens. Five ten minutes later, eventually another truck comes by, picks it up, heads another direction.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
0: do they even? Like, is, is that the definition of someone's bag? <laughs> oh, that was like, that was not what you
2: on your plane, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, do those guys? Like, does the guy driving along picking up luggage? Do they, they really care? Do they just make sure there's nothing on the tarmac? They need to get that luggage. They got to get it off the tarmac and onto a boat somewhere, a boat, a, a plane somewhere. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> they put it on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you see him loading it onto a ship. Um, uh, so. You know, anyway, I think we could do a whole series of discussions on travel and different aspects of travel and all that, just because it's oh, so quirky. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's an there's an element of tension that oh, uh, kind tension. of infuses the whole process, which is what leads people to do really strange quirky things. It's the same thing in, as we said in sports. Like if you, you know, you get off the bat, there's a huge tension there. So these guys go through all kinds of strange rituals and mechanisms and uh, religious. You know, practices for the moment that they're, that they're heading up there, and it's, it seems to be not that different for people who are getting ready to travel. Because in some ways, think about it. You know what? You going up to the plate against a ninety mile an hour fastball. There's some risk of death in that. And when you're going up at a plane at a at a, a six hundred mile oh. an hour uh, jet, you know there's some risk of death over there. So the analogy is better than you might think. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely, absolute risk of death is a. Uh, it's almost you have to have a suspend. What, what's that? I don't know what it is. You almost have to. It's.
0: Ignorance is bliss kind of thing?
2: Yeah, ignorance is bliss where you forget that rationally most people would never get on a plane. I mean, uh, they would have to be uh, – they'd have to have so much information and so confident that it's going to be safe to get on this plane. I mean, but people still do it without without really knowing why it's going to be safe.
0: Well, and because people remind themselves, people who never – have anything to do with statistics, math, probability, and right. that stuff. They never took that. They failed that class. But meanwhile, they're comfortable when someone says, well, statistically speaking, you're much safer here at 30,000 feet in the air uh, with a large jet fuel engine underneath you and a uh, moving 600 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and if something goes wrong, it's certain death. But that is much safer than cruising down in your Toyota, at twenty-five miles an hour to the to the local cafe. <laughs> you know, somehow they're okay I, with that I, because someone says statistically it's safer. right. The
2: only difference is one difference. It, you know, that's the whole insurance industry. And ninety percent of accidents <laughs> don't result in immediate death. <laughs> they just result in like a fender <laughs> bender. There's no such thing right. as a fender <laughs> bender bender. Fucking a plane.
0: <laughs> that is true. I, I and what about to, the
2: seatbelts? The seatbelts make no sense. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's Maybe true. they make a little
0: sense. No, but what's the right look? The what's the, the point of the seatbelt? It's sort of like, look, if you're on the runway and another plane bumps into you, you know, you'd be a little safer. Ow. Although there are some scenarios as you as you, you know you can imagine where plane just shaken up by like some massive uh, turbulence or something in the air. And, I don't think it's a good idea for your head to be slamming on the ceiling of the plane and slam back. Yeah, down yeah. No, that's, that's, that's,
2: that's a good point. That's a good point.
0: So there, there are some reasons why you want to kind of be attached to the seat more so than yeah. stuck to the wall. All right, but then what the about place. the life vest? I mean, come on. How, how do you argue, how do you argue <laughs> that one away? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, there's, um, <laughs> Seriously, why is, spend any time little... telling me, oh, I guess there's that Hudson River thing that, The light, who used no, did you notice how many people were using a light vest? Nobody.
0: Yeah, I I think they did, but they were all on the
2: wing. They told you to get off the plane.
0: You know, it's still not so cut. But think about this people go through motions without really thinking about what's going on. I mean, every time you get on a plane, you're really just saying, Oh, we're going to visit grandma, we're going on a business trip. It's all casual, relaxed. You open up your laptop, and then someone gets up and tells you a series of things to be concerned with. That pertain to your body being ripped out of the out of the seat, blown into like you know, and everyone's just sitting there going, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." So if this happens, then I have to breathe that oxygen tube, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Water landing, right?
1: Right. Right. <laughs> just right. Middle
0: of, where did it? Did it? By the way, one thing they don't have things like the shark repellent. You know, what do they do if you land in a shark-infested water? Is that like you know, like they're, they're leaving some of the stuff out there? Like you're like, okay, we're landing in a water. Yeah, I'm gonna be blowing in this tube while a shark is chewing on my. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Which tube do I blow on during this shark attack? Is it the left no, side no, or the yeah. right side? Do I pull this? Do I pull this flare? What happens? When do I? When do I do that? You know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious!
2: By the way, that's hilarious. I, I think we could probably do a little new new start kit, starter kit or whatever. And pre-purchase it before you, uh, you you head out on a trip. Delivered to you, it has your shark repellent, uh, and also has your cyanide pill. You know, worst case scenario.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, imagine that you're like, okay, you're going to grandma's. You bring the kids. I mean, the, kids the cyanide pills are right here in the seat pocket in front. Worst in case scenario, in case, Bobby. By the way, by the way, in case your in case your seatmates get really rowdy, the cyanide pills right there. <laughs> and then you get the. Uh, but why did you land? Depending on where you land, you know, you suppose you land in a um, some sort of jungle environment, you got to have a, a snake right. venom bite, uh, you know, venom uh, antidote. You got to have the uh, you land up very high on a mountain. You got to have the uh, extra climbing gear to, have to repel your way down. You know, they're not, they're, not, they're not giving you the full set of things. I mean, they're, they're no, the they're not. That, uh, you know, it's sort of a little bit um, <laughs> presumptuous to assume like. Oh, it's right. going to be a nice water land that you come out, take a swim. They got the float. They're like, <laughs> they're really, and press this, button to the order, press, right. press this button to order your pina colada while you're floating back <laughs> over to the shore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, they, they don't have well,
2: the, what about the, the suntan? What about suit? the suntan, lotion?
0: You're going to be out, right? You need sunscreen. You're going to be out. What about the sutures to close up that severed leg that's falling, that's half out of your, you know, <laughs> falling off? <laughs> you need a medical kit there? You know, like, they don't have the. They're really not thinking this thing through.
2: No, that's what I'm thinking. I think I, I, I think there might be a little pack kit you could sell, maybe you know, even at the airport. You know, you know, last minute purchase. <laughs>
0: like, so, you know what the name of the store will be? Survival. <laughs> Survivalist. <laughs> 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 it's just like so The worst of all is there's like a little set of, uh, uh, of uh, mini, mini skis, mini skis that pop out. Like you get, you could, you'd be like James, like a James Bond kit. There'd be like little skis, a little parachute pack, a little. Uh, you know, you could sew up any <laughs> uh massive injuries. You've got like bug repellent sunscreen, underwater uh oxygen things so you can breathe underwater for a length of time. Like, you know, you got this there's like a whole nother level of survival. Um Yeah, I've often wondered you know,
2: about that on many levels, but you're right, that's probably wonderful material for another another episode with uh, you know, with you know how to how to fly safely and
0: you know, the, the <laughs> I think this whole idea lends itself to an incredible e-commerce business of like how to get out of extreme situations and be prepared under all circumstances. <laughs> even, you know, the car, even the car—you're driving in the car. They got a little thing. They got a flare, a couple of flashlights. You know, someone's got a a, a screwdriver. Yeah, that's going to help you when your car goes over the side of the swamp and, and there's alligators down there, and you're, you need better survival gear. I think so. I think so.
2: You never know. Um,
0: <laughs> that's the thing.
2: You never know. <laughs> that should that's going be the tagline. Survival. That's the motto you never of the know. <laughs> what
0: else do you have to say? <laughs> Literally, that's a that's a Super Bowl ad right there. Super Bowl ad. Just you never know. Survivalist. dot com. <laughs> um, um, well. I love that. You don't well, encounter yeah. wild animals. By the way, you know, you know, who you gotta sell this to. There's this whole class of people that I just I've been for some reason this has come out of my radar recently. There's these people who kind of raise wild animals. There's a guy like I saw one recently. This is really outrageous. He raised a baby polar bear. Now, this polar bear today weighs literally a thousand pounds. It's huge. And it thinks he's its mother. I don't think I would want to be in a situation where a polar bear thought I was related to it on any level. (laughs) Cousin, brother, father, mother. No, no. I don't think so. Just get a little too playful and just knock your head right off. <laughs> so these people, oh, yeah. these people would probably benefit from the survivalist. You never know situation when that pet that you you know that thing that you think you've been raising all these years suddenly acts like it's supposed to.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you know, right. Takes a swipe. You know, takes a little bite. Uh, you know, just sits on you. Whatever. I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, but that's a whole other topic in and of itself. It's kind yeah, of, no, no, but I mean, I so mean, no, I was
2: cool. thinking the survival thing. You know, you could pre-sell that before people go for like, you know, a trip to the zoo, just in
1: case <laughs> the tiger. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Well, we're like, what about the amusement Here park? Is,
2: you, you, th- you throw this meat, <laughs> art to the right. It's that's a that's special feedback. Honey, 300% concentrate chicken, dead chicken, but it's all like in a little pill, in a little morsel. You can just chuck it as you run. Or better yet, you 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 put it in the hand of the person next to you and then you run the other way. You just chuck <laughs> it. You chuck it. I love Stick that. You it chuck it person you, and, and it, it you, says, and it has a special you, just, stem, no, no, you, you just,
0: you just throw this thing down and it pops up into a huge piece of steak or whatever. And you know, like whatever and whatever animal was chasing you, it's irresistible. They gotta go back and they just start eating. No, yeah. but I mean and you know well, what You else do that for it?
2: relationships too. Right? Well before, before you, you get, get to the relationship
0: <laughs> No, but I, I got another one. And even right before you get exactly. married, when you're on the when you're on the bachelor party and you're going to some big amusement park, <clears throat> you need the survivalist kit stuff too. Like imagine you're on some sort of roller coaster. Yeah. Comes off the rails, flies out. You got to have something. You got to be ready. You don't know what you do. You suppose you're hanging off of the the wire for like six hours. You got you need. Let's see. You need the sunscreen. You need some clamping, yeah, a uh, 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 gear things to hang. You know, water. Uh, I don't know. You got to be ready. Now the whole oh, thing about the, you, you were starting to go like you know the survival thing for marriage, and that's that's like a whole different kind of kit. That's a whole different. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's included in that one, but we got to give that some serious thought before uh, proposing anything specific. Before you uh, propose
2: any travel with your wife, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Survive, surviving travel with the family. Whole nother kid. Yeah. Like, that's if oh, a plane lands safely, there's a whole nother set of hazards that come up when you're going on a family trip.
2: Oh, yeah. Jesus. No question about it. Well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so wait, are you he, traveling?
2: It's the summertime. You are you actually doing some traveling coming up?
0: I don't have you know, we're gonna do something I'm definitely gonna do some traveling. I you know, I just did one trip to North Carolina. Oh that's had, right. You know, had its own. Is that, is that when airport, you went to buy luggage
2: airport. recently, that was for the trip to, to Atlanta?
0: No, that's for that was for Judith heading she's oh, heading on some travel. uh oh, but okay. which was its own interesting experience because we, we she decided she found a store in Brooklyn and this was an interesting story. So I don't know why she had us go to first. She picks a store in Brooklyn, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's a little odd, but uh, you know, we're it's about forty minutes away, but you know, there's a few stores down the block. <laughs> you know, if you want, if you really want to go to that one, that's fine." Next, next thing comes up is, "Oh, um, how do you feel about joining me for that trip to the Brooklyn luggage store?" And I'm like, "Um, okay, maybe we, I said, look, maybe if we combine it with lunch or something, right, I'll do that." Um, and then, and then it comes up like. So we'll meet at a certain time. We can hop on a subway. Oh, no, I thought we were driving. Oh, okay. So I'm chauffeuring you over through traffic into a nightmare parking situation just so we can go to a luggage store 45 minutes away whatever. And, uh, okay, all right, so now I'm doing that. And turn sure off. we go down there. Parking was a problem. Luckily, I have this uh, – I'm a parking sniper from the old days, you know. Figured out the parking thing. And then we go in, and, of course, it's like a total – it's in some part of Brooklyn that's like you know Williamsburg, whatever it is, and it was this like total Hasidic Jewish guy, and his name was Moisha, and he had the whole experience was just his wife came in with six or seven of the ten kids during oh, during man. the episode but the but the funny thing is he really was knowledgeable about the luggage, like the guy went off the he we went off the rails explaining this that and the other thing, and I'm like, all right, you know, um, <laughs> no
2: you're not getting out of there without fucking buying <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no we we were definitely there was no there was no way we' were leaving the store without buying. Uh, and the good news was they they they, they threw and they threw in two pickles and a canish with every suitcase. It was, it was not a bad setup, you know.
2: Just with every suitcase. Oh. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think we should leave on that one.
0: I think we got to end it on that note. Two no
2: pickles and a canish. Yeah.